Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Utah's own Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, if this is your first time listening, we would invite you to go on to shoutsofgraceradio.com. And there you can listen to all of our past broadcasts. Um, I believe it's almost, it's been over a little over two years now. Um, and, and you can catch up on, on any of the topics we have there. Um, and, and if you're a return listener, we want to thank you and welcome you back. Um, and, and, and really thank you for your support. Um, it, it certainly means a lot. And then also we want to have a shout out to Key Radio for allowing us use of their studio. Um, this is Christmas season, and you're probably in full swing with all the Christmas hype, and, and so we hope that during this time you're, you're you're keeping your eyes on the things that are most important, um, and if not, then we pray that you'll refocus <laughs> in your eyes on those things that are important. Um, we um, I've been going through a series here on Shouts of Grace. We kind of took a break um, for, for the Christmas season, so... What I've done is I've asked uh, um, Pastor Mike Cunningham to come in and join us. Mike's been on the program before, um, attending at Redemption Hill right now, but Mike's getting ready to to plant a church um, sometime in the future. And so um, super glad you can join us, Mike. Thrilled to be here. Awesome. Hey, you know, with with Christmas coming up, I thought it'd be a cool thing for us to kind of just take a break from what we were regularly going through and and take a look at some things and some truths in Scripture about what really happened during this time. So what I want to do is I want to I want to throw out as as a discussion point um, Isaiah nine chapter nine verse six, and then let's just kind of enter in and and, and see what God see see what God does for that. Um, In Isaiah chapter nine verse six, it says, "For unto us a child." is born unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace and verse 7 says of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of david and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the lord of hosts will do this and mike we've started going through advent at redemption hill and, and the whole idea of advent is obviously the the appearing or the coming of christ and and not just his first coming, not just a second coming, but really enveloping everything that 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 coming really kind of kind of draws out and supports in our in our daily lives. And so, when it comes to this verse and how it relates to Christmas, Mike, what 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 are your thoughts onto this? What what is what is Isaiah communicating here? Because there's a there's a massive you know truth here that that I think people sometimes forget in this. Well, it's everything. Um, when you look at the Christmas season, we are we so much time miss the mark. We miss the mark so much because we're focused on ourselves, the season. We're focused on gift giving. We're focused on uh, the, the all the distractions that happen during this time. When it's really about this, it's about for unto us is a child is born, a son is given, and the prophecy, the the hope that came in the form of a of a child of a of an infant in a manger, and that. In the midst of uh, a very humble origin, God came incarnate, humbled himself, humiliated himself so that we may know him, so that we may have hope 
And I think that that's the point that so much times gets lost is because we get so stuck on, on what we see, what we hear, what's what's around us, our wants, our desires, uh, our personal uh, drama, so to speak. And what we forget is all of that was answered in this the fulfillment of this prophecy. This little child that came and bore, was born into very, very humble origins um, saved us hmm. and uh, gave hope to all of us. Talk about this. Um, it's a, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Take that out, Heather. Um, talk about this. It says that a son mm-hmm. is given, right? It talks about a child being born, a son is given, right? Um, how do those two relate? A child being born talks about obviously a humanity, right? But a son being given speaks about something different. And actually talks about the deity of, of this child. Talk about the importance of both. Why is it, why is it important in the grand scheme of, of what God did? Why is it important that a child was born? And, and why is it important that that child was a son that was given? Well, again, you have both the divine and the human nature of, of Jesus Christ in this in this very simple passage. You have the fact that he was God incarnate, but he was also human. He uh, he understands us. He's he's been through what we've, what we've been through. We can uh, appreciate and and understand. He understands our flaws and our, and, and our our human nature. At the same time, at this his divinity. Um, was without question, and so on the one hand, the divinity is really the salvation—the salvation point. You know, it's, it, we put our help in God uh, to save us. But at the same time, it's that humanity that had to be—that had to come, had to be sacrificed one day, had to live as we live, be where we are, and one day take that road to the cross, so that we could know grace and salvation that only He could give. Yeah, I think we actually even talked about that at, at Redemption Hill last week. You know, the the whole idea about um, the reason that the child was born. Jesus says in, in, in Hebrews chapter 10 that a body was prepared for him, right? Um, but the son was given because the only one, as you stated, the only one who could save humanity was God. He right. was the flawless, sinless, as Hebrews 7 would say, he was holy, undefiled, separate from sinners. So so you can't, you can't give what you don't have, right? right? And so if God possesses true, un, you know, in just pure, unadulterated holiness and righteousness, then he's the only one that can give holiness and righteousness, right? And, and so I think there's a beautiful marriage between the humanity of Christ, as you said, and the deity of Christ. And, and so so just real quick then, um, the, the two on one hand, they almost seem to be contradictory. Like how can you be a human and how could you be completely divine? And, and I know sometimes people, people grapple with this truth. So, so Mike, can the two exist at the same time? They can. I mean, God, I mean, he's God. God is immutable, omnipresent, omniscient. Those are fancy words for saying all-knowing, everywhere, uh, unchanging, and, and all-powerful. And so that's, those are the natures that, again, give us the power of our salvation. But in, in, doing, in coming and in, in doing the sacrifice on our behalf, living as a man, living as, 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 in, as flesh, those are the things that pay our price. 
to go where, where Adam messed up, where sin came into the world, where, where man could not save themselves. God came in for us and paid that price for us. Amen. Amen. And I think, I think a good, you know, and, and people have grappled with this in their mind for, for, for centuries. And I think one of, one way you can just look at it is, is, is the second person of, of what we would say the Trinity, the second person in the Trinity has been such from, from eternity past. There's never a time when he didn't exist. The incarnation did not create Christ. That's right. Right. It didn't. All God did was he took upon himself an additional nature where God was spirit. Right. He simply became the theanthropus, the God man. He he took upon himself humanity, changing nothing in regard to his eternal nature, just adding to himself this humanity aspect for the purpose of preparing a body so he could he could be the propitiation for people's sins. And so we want to make that clear that that Christmas is not and and, and what happens there in the manger is not the creation of Christ. Right. You know, and, 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 and sometimes people think that, don't they? That, that says everything. Uh, I've had to sometimes have difficult situations with skeptics and with people who are not believers. And they would say, well, it's child abuse. God sent his son and beat up on his son for us. No, God came essentially uh, – in, in modern day, he would have been born in a back alley to a single mom, live a very low class life, fight for everything, and and then one day die on a cross. When when it's God incarnate that did that for us, it is a beautiful story. It is a it is a sacrificial story. It's an inspiring story. When it's when if it's Jesus is a created being, it's almost like he passed it off on somebody else. That's right. In fact, you even if you remember in Acts chapter twenty, when Paul's talking to the Ephesian elders, he makes reference to God purchasing the church with his own blood. His own blood. That that makes no sense outside of the incarnation of Christ, because if God is spirit, then without humanity there can be no blood. And so that is what Hebrews is talking about. When Christ was prepared a body and stepped into time from eternity, it was for the purpose of purchasing the crop. The, the 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 church with his own blood right and so so we want to make that that real clear distinction that 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 Christ did not come into being at the incarnation Christ simply took upon himself a human nature at the and then Mike here's the mind blowing thing about this subjected himself to all of the sinless infirmities of humanity right right hunger. Um, you know, pain, you know, um, um, being tired, all those things when you look in scripture that are sinless, all the sinless infirmities of man, Christ took upon himself the temptation, right? Christ knows what it's like to be tempted yet without sin, the Bible tells us. And so, so all of that human experience was his in the fullest, right? It wasn't, it wasn't as if he was like, you know, immune to all that. That's what Hebrews is talking about. He was tempted like us in all ways, right? And so to your earlier point, the, 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 um, what would you say? The, the, the humiliation of, of the eternal God becoming a human being demonstrates the love and the value that he placed on the people that he bought. And so, so to your point, it's like, this isn't child abuse at all because, because the, the eternal God became what he became so he could love a people that were unlovable and unsavable otherwise. And so this is an amazing picture of grace. It is in the incarnation. There's a reason we celebrate Christmas and not just Easter. Because, yes, obviously Easter, uh, he, he rose from the dead but on Good Friday. We talk about the crucifixion and we think of that as the humiliation. 
But even just the incarnation to a, a that's right perfect and immutable all powerful being was a humiliation. That's right. That's and, right. And everything that he lived up in his earthly ministry would have been uh, at best humility at, at the minimum humility. But the fact that he was able, to, he was willing. God, you know, this reason why we sing the hymns is the reason why we celebrate is that God was willing to come and walk, be with us, walk among us. And, and die for us. Amen, amen. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Welcome back to Shouts of Grace. I am Steve Pearson, your host, pastor at Redemption Hill, Utah in Saratoga Springs. And I'm in studio today with my friend, Mike Cunningham. And we have been talking about the reality and the truth surrounding Isaiah 9-6. And Mike, before the break, we talked about the importance of that passage where it says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and how those two relate to one another, that they're not contradictory at all, that, that in fact, Jesus, who is the son of God, the eternal son of God, also became a child. This is a mind-blowing concept if, if we sit and dig into it. But but then it goes on to talk about, because we, we, we are talking about Advent right now at, mm-hmm. at, at, at Redemption Hill, and a lot of churches are going through that. And it's not just talking about the, the first coming of Christ. Advent really, you know, traditionally, if you go back into, into church history, it really didn't even start off that way, right? Um, once the Catholic Church started to, started to bring it around, around the six, six or 700 um, AD, it started to focus on on the first coming of Christ, or actually the second coming of Christ, and then in the Middle Ages, it, it, it took on the full the full meaning of what it does now. And so, so there is an aspect of Christ's second coming as well, and just everything involved. And so um, the rest of that verse, Mike, it says, um, not only is the Son given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now, Man, we we got political upheaval in our world today. I just I, I I just dread elections. It's like, oh my oh no. word, here comes the best humanity's got to offer and with a suit and tie. And I'm just like, Lord, nobody, no, nobody can rule this mess, right? Because we're 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 ruling from a platform of selfishness, right? And so when it says that the government shall be on his shoulders, talk about what that is, but then also why that's comforting in the day and age that we live in. Well, God is sovereign, and it's easy to put our hope in people who look like us, who we relate to, and structures that we've built, and societies that we've built, and, and those things. But realizing that there's something bigger and more transcendent than all of that is very comforting in these times because the government will be on his shoulder. He, I mean, uh, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. These are all titles that give us hope that he is in control, that we are not. That doesn't mean that we divorce ourselves from the political process or our roles as citizens, but is also one where we need to make sure that we have an eternal focus in the way we live our lives and the way that we uh, vote, the way we, that we um, run our societies, but not get too twisted off in those things that put too much hope and too much um, emphasis on those points because man's work is usually going to be flawed. 
Yeah. You know, I think of when, when I think of governments, I, I think, you know, I, I go to that, that vision that, that Daniel had and really, you know, that he, that he shared with Nebuchadnezzar talking about the kingdoms that would come from Nebuchadnezzar. And then after Nebuchadnezzar would come the Medo-Persian. And he, he talks about this, this, this image, this head of gold, and he keeps going down the line all the way from, from, from Nebuchadnezzar himself to, to the Medo-Persian, to the Grecian Empire, ultimately to, to, to the Roman Empire. Then he says something. He says, and then I saw a, a, a rock as it had been cut out of the side of a hill without human hands. It came and it crushed all these other images, this mm. image of, of the best that man has in all of his empires. And, and, and of course, we look at that and we think, man, you know, the day that Jesus returns in, in, in that second advent, if you will, and yes, he sir. sets up his kingdom. It, it really is that stone that 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 is has nothing to do with the hand of man that crushes everything that man has tried to establish to rule himself in the midst of his depravity. And and and, and, and that's really the problem, Mike, is, is we're so stained with sin and at the core of our sinful nature is self, right? And and self plays itself out in, in the home as well as the society, as well as the government. Government, right? We are very selfish. And, and so the day that Christ comes and it says the governments will be on his shoulders is talking about the reign of Christ when he rules and sets every enemy underneath his feet. And man, I, I look at that day and I think, what God, Lord, come quickly, right? right? That's like, but, but, you know, for some people, they, they won't look at that as really a joyful occasion because Christ coming back means means a great thing for some but for others it's a fearful and dreadful thing because they aren't right with the Lord Jesus right um, and so and so when it comes to to this idea of, of Christ having the government's rest on his shoulders right there's another part that says um, that he's a wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace those titles, when it talks about him being Prince of Peace, how tell me, tell us how that relates to both the believer and then the non-believer. What's the attraction to the believer, and then what ought the non-believer be looking at in that title, the Prince of Peace? Well, the Greek word—I'm sorry, the Hebrew word shalom—is not the absence of conflict; it is wholeness. And that's really what God is going to bring. He's going to bring wholeness. He's going to make us whole. He's going to make creation whole. And he is going to take away, you know, the, again, the, the sin stain and make things right. And for those who kind of have control issues or like to want to be master of their own domain, that means a relinquishing of power and influence where we live in a society where it's kind of all about us and we're very individualistic. And, you know, for some, a, a power that's higher than us is not something that is um, attractive to them. But sometimes you have to let go of what's yours and what, what, and what you want for something that's greater. And letting, you know, sometimes you have to let God bless you. Sometimes you have to let God work in you and make you more than you are. And also that helps you look forward to a day when all that we have built up and all of the problems and all the sin will be wiped away and God will come and he will reign and he will restore. And that, and so on the one hand, yes, if you're walking in sin, that can be scary because you need to re- know that, that you need grace. You need God in your life and you need something that's bigger than you. You can't save yourself. Hmm. For those who are Christians, it says, hold on, stay strong. You might be in a tough 
situation this season. You might be in a period of depression or, 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 of, or fear and know that, you know what, God is still working, God is still moving, and, and we have a lot to look forward to. That's right. And, and, and I love these titles when it, when it talks about the child that's born and then talks then about the son that's given, talking about his deity, um, the government shall rest upon his shoulder. Again, it's talking about the, the, the reign of Christ. It says, um, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Christ is a counselor. He, he's just, he is a, he is, he counsels people in their worst times, right? Um, for, for, for the believer, it calls, it refers to him as mighty God, right? I mean, this is, this is a, this is a title of, of absolute supremacy, right? Mm. This is the mighty God. And then it says the everlasting father. Some versions say the father of eternity. That just isn't saying that he is the father. It's not saying that it's just saying that Jesus birthed time. He's the one that created it. He's the one that gave it. And and then of course it says he's, he is the Prince of peace. And, and here's why for me, Mike, I like that is during a time like we're entering into right now in Christmas, Christmas is in a time of peace for everybody. Nope. Christmas is a, is a time of, of, of frankly turmoil, right? People, people, people don't like what it stands for the way it's been commercialized. They can't wait for it to get behind them. For some people, it's a super depressing time of year because it reminds them of things in their past or whatever. And, and I think I think the focus of Christmas needs to be on the fact that the child that was born was the Prince of Peace. He's the one that gives peace first between a person and God, right? That's the first peace that has to be established. You can't have the peace of God unless you have peace with God, right? And so once peace has been established with God, then you get the peace of God, and then that Prince of Peace is ruling and reigning. So Mike, in the last few minutes that we have left, Talk about what it means to have peace with this Prince of Peace. Well, Billy Graham has a quote that said, the world does not have peace. I'm sorry, me. Billy Graham said, the world does not give peace, for it does not have any peace to give. It fights for peace. It negotiates for peace. It maneuvers for peace. But there is no ultimate peace in the world. But Jesus Christ gives peace to those who put their trust in him. And so that's the faith and that, that we have going into the Christmas season. That's what, what the incarnation does that leads to the cross that, that is involves in our life is that, you know, we could put our faith in Christ and know that he is going to uh, be there for us, that he's going to save us, that he's going to uh, one day make all things new and all things right, and that we can walk every day in confidence of knowing that he's in control. And to the person who is struggling this holiday season, I pray that they will put their faith and their focus on the things that matter, the, the point of, of, of the season, which is that God loved you so much, he, he, he humiliated himself for you hmm. over a long period of time. He loves you. He died for you. He's pursuing you this very day. And that if all you have to do is reach out to him and he will save you. That's right. Amen. You know, Jesus said that <clears throat> my peace, I leave you not as the world gives, right? They're very different. The, the peace that the world offers a person, Mike, is a pseudo peace. It, yep. it is something that is completely contingent upon that person's circumstances in any given moment. And when those circumstances change, that person's peace is robbed. It's connected to the lifeline of the world, meaning that their whole life and, and, their, and their mental state and their psyche when it comes to peace is up and down. It looks like a roaring river in the swells, you know, and, and 
And But what Jesus says is in the midst of all that, he says there's a peace that God gives. And the peace that God gives is directly related to what happens in eternity, which is not affected by the world at all. And what happens in eternity is the fact that there is a king on the throne. His name is Jesus, and he rules and reigns in eternity as well as in life in the hearts of people. Hey, we're out of time today for this edition of Shouts of Grace. Um, thank you for listening, and we'll, listen, we'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us here at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.